0: Today's episode of The Lore You Know is sponsored by Visit Braxton County, West Virginia. You can find the link in the description. Let me tell you a story. It's early July. You're on an extended family vacation visiting your grandparents who happen to live in Sutton, West Virginia. Following a few days of family activities, you and a couple of your friends have decided to go out for an afternoon to relax a little bit. You know, just hang out and catch up on everything that you've missed while you've been away from home. Before heading out to meet everybody, You go to say goodbye to your grandparents. Grandma gives you a sweet hug and grandpa gives you a hug, but then he follows you out to the front door. He leans in very closely and says, just be wary of hiking around these areas. I've heard a rumor that the old man of the mountain has been coming closer to town lately, and he doesn't like being disturbed. You shrug it off as best you can. After all, your plans don't involve hiking today. You and your buddies are going fishing at Sutton Lake can't possibly have any issues while sitting out on the lake, right? A couple hours later, after no luck catching anything, you all decide to take the boat closer to Sutton Dam. Anyway, you're all laughing and carrying on, music cranked to an obnoxiously loud level through your new Bluetooth speaker, when suddenly an unnervingly large splash puts a sudden stop to your fun, soaking everyone and everything in the boat. Looking up, you see a huge, hair-covered creature standing at the top of the dam, steadying itself with a log above its head, ready to throw another warning your way. You all quickly decide it's time to leave now, and maybe you should turn down the volume while you're at it. Did you know that Braxton County is home to the West Virginia Bigfoot Museum? You should go check it out sometime. <laughs> and uh, here's some stories similar to this and other sightings in the area. And also keep an eye out for the Bigfoot Festival that they have every year and pretty shortly here, the Yeti Expo as well. Hello, welcome to The Lore You Know, a show where we chat with some amazing human beings who are storytellers collectors and folklorists as we discuss the history of inspiration behind and importance of recording and sharing regional tales. I am your host, Heather Mosher, and today I am talking to the creators of this adorable children's book that I love so very much. Uh, Mothman. Moth that's, Mothman our book, that's our book right Vegas there. Is, this is it. How'd you
1: get that? Is that that's that's not out yet? How did you get your hands on that?
0: <laughs> Dude, I ordered it as soon as it was available to order, pre-order, done right here wow, look at that. the only thing it's go. missing are autographs so i'm gonna have to fix that
2: oh yeah you will hey we'll see you yeah, at mm-hmm.
0: yeah okay i'm bringing it to cryptid there then. you go with me today i have the author of this book uh michael shang and illustrator danner cypher sprague
1: you nailed it, nailed it.
0: also yes <laughs> um i, I also want to say that at cryptid bash i got this little guy on my hand Danner put him on my hand I wish I still had a picture of it, it oh I thought for like I week. thought you
2: were gonna say you got a tattoo of it I was gonna be like that's pretty extreme it's like
1: a little henna thing
0: yeah, oh, okay it was a henna thing yes Danner I was did gonna say if somebody hand. did
2: if somebody did that Danner would that be like free merch for life or something how would that work you know what I mean oh there
1: would definitely be some royalties involved like right. there's no way if you're if someone actually wants to get a tattoo of my artwork uh you better believe there are gonna be benefits that go along with it
2: lots of hugs happening there yeah to
1: be determined
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> this will be something we can talk more about at crypticon is there going to be henna oh, for sure. in crypticon oh, God. ask
1: ask sarah and kenzie yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see what their next uh, <laughs> stick is going to be love it oh man um so before we really get into a discussion of storytelling i wanted to ask each of you individually i will start start with Michael. Can you share your connection or current role within the cryptid community to try to give people a feel of who you are?
2: Well, I am, I am part of a, a podcast called The Moth Boys with my brother, Matt, and our good friend, Jake. And uh, we've been doing that for, seems like forever, but it's been like two, two and a half years, you know, I think. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> it feels like forever. But um. so we've been doing that. We're like a, we're com- comedy comedy podcast we think we're pretty funny but uh not sure how the rest of the world feels about us but that's fine but uh yeah that's what we that's how that's our input in this we've been in this stuff for a long time and uh yeah so we just started a podcast during Mopin Festival of I don't even know what year at this point like uh the last one
0: 2019 then
2: no the, the one before right. that i think it was 2018 is 2018 yeah because yeah. we were like how do we get a table next year at mothman festival so we started a podcast and then we got a table at next year so, <laughs> so it was 2018 so it's been that long so it's been longer than that I, I, yeah i can't even, that's wild to me but yeah that's that's kind of how you know i'm in the cryptid world
0: yeah Danner.
1: well it's funny uh doing an immediate segue from that um I am an illustrator, and I actually met the Moth Boys at their first booth at the Mothman Festival. Yeah. I've been following them online for a long time. Well, I guess for like a year at that point since they started, and I love their stuff. They were kind of a big inspiration as I was slowly like moving into the cryptid community. But I had always had an Instagram for a while where I was just sort of just throwing any goofy artwork I had done. But realizing that there was so much more of a community around it, I decided to sort of just pursue that and start working together on a bunch of projects with a couple other people. And it didn't really honestly take off until Mike had uh, approached me after we had met and said, hey, want to work on a book together? And so here we are.
2: Yeah, we were like instant buddies, man, weren't we? Yeah, that that, like, we, we clicked, clicked super well. Yeah. So you awesome. can
0: attest to whether the Moth boys are funny or not. Yeah, yeah. Is that a yes? I can.
1: I can absolutely <laughs> say uh I was a big fan. <laughs>
0: oh, come that's on! Awesome. The
1: medium-sized branches. That, the med- that was pretty funny. That was a pretty good
0: joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dana you have a shop, right? On I do. Etsy? Yes. So now I.
1: I guess. I guess I'm, I'm cutting out a lot of the fat with that description. I apologize, but um, yes, I've sent slots to my Etsy. Uh, everything on there. I have most of like everything that I sell in person, but uh pretty much the Etsy is running my life at the moment, so mm-hmm. I can't believe how much it's taken off and so really, I am immensely thankful for everyone in the community that supported me as I kind of have been up and coming with this, and I'm kind of glad that like the Moth Boys and I have kind of like congruently been growing at the same time. We both have roots in about the same years kind of when we started taking off so I really have all of you guys to thank.
2: Wow. That's we awesome. love you, dude. <laughs> I, I love you too, man. <laughs> yeah, I really do, man.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, it was your uh, Etsy shop, actually, is where I got my book. It was the, one of the pre-orders. So you mailed it to me. I remember it's Me
1: back. It feels like forever ago. I can't believe that it was under a year ago.
0: It was? That does feel like forever ago, but time is not <laughs> normal anymore. It's
2: not. It's insane. Uh-uh. It sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm always curious about people's first introduction to storytelling. And this varies from, you know, a family member that could spin a really good yarn to a movie or a musical artist or anything like that. Um, Michael, what was your first introduction to storytelling that really stuck with you?
2: Mm, that's That's a tricky question. Uh, my wife, uh, Bonnie, and I were talking about, like I was telling her, and one of the earliest books I remember like having was the, um, the monster at the end of this book. With um, you know the, was it a uh, Sesame Street? I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's one of the earliest books I remember having, but um, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good question because I I I have no idea. I remember reading a lot of Shel Silverstein, as a, you know, as a kid that was a big big thing for me. But uh, oh, that was definitely a big thing for me. Yeah, so. yeah, um, Dr. Seuss, of course, just yes. just that kind of stuff. Yep, Dr. Seuss. Uh, Especially when it comes to children's books, I think is kind of what I'm yeah, just that, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm not sure like I remember much in like school, you know, mm-hmm. like um, but I definitely remember certain books from my childhood that that stand out that uh yeah, and that was that was a big one. Just a lot of little silly kids' books, you know. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what got me into storytelling or you know, a lot of those books were at my grandma's house. In my head, I remember. So I'm guessing she read them to me. So right. She probably had something to do with storytelling, telling telling stories to me. The aspect. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Danner, is it a similar situation for you?
2: I guess mine's less media based and
1: more based on the family I was raised around. Um my uncle John actually is like really into a lot of the history of our family. And that half of the family that he comes from is pretty much rooted in Appalachia. And he is a ghost hunter and a Bigfoot hunter. And so going to like family gatherings when I was younger, we would just sit around and he would just go on all of these stories about all the sightings he saw combined with all of the Appalachian folklore that like his family grew up with. So I sort of had that in my roots. And so it kind of felt natural when I started picking that up again a couple of years ago. And just sort of trying to tap into really like what made those family gatherings so interesting and so wonderful.
0: That's awesome. He sounds like a great uncle.
1: Oh, he's he's a jack of all trades. What a character. I need to get him on one of these podcasts. No, you need to get him to a convention or something, like have oh him as like, you know. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> awesome. That. <laughs> That'd be cool.
0: What part of Appalachia um is your family from?
1: Um, so it's kind of we kind of moved in the early 1700s, up from, like, the Virginias up into Ohio, and we were some of the first settlers, I say we, like, I was there, but they were some of the first settlers to really put down roots down by, like, MacArthur, Ohio, in like, the Hawking Hills, and so all of those, like, old furnaces that you can see out there, like, that's my family, all those old mills, those were owned by my family, so born and raised.
0: <laughs> I love it. Michael, you're in the same, I mean, you're in Appalachia as well. What's your tie?
2: Yeah, I was born and raised in the Western New York area.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, I,
2: I don't know if that is in the Appalachian region. I, li- I live, I live, yeah. So I guess like Buffalo area. I was raised out in the country, you know, with my siblings and, uh, you know, uh, all all weird, all those, you know, weird Appalachian stuff you get into out in the woods, you know, with your, your friends and stuff like that. Uh uh, Bigfoot stuff and all that kind of, yeah, ghost stories. But, um, and then I'm down here in Morgantown, West Virginia now. So that's where I live now. I lived in a few different places, but, um, Yeah. yeah, West Virginia is home now. So
0: that's cool. So like even right now you live in two different, I mean, you were raised in two different areas. You live in two different geographic areas right now. And inevitably just because of the nature of what you do, you kind of have different spheres of communities. Um, but it all intersects right now, at least for this and other things uh, that we're familiar with and how we're all connected is through the cryptid community. So I want to talk about that for a second was the idea of community, because it's an important aspect for folklore to even one begin and then be shared, transmitted through these communities. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion on what stands out about the cryptid community in general that adds to our ability to preserve folklore centered around monsters and high strangeness.
2: I'm going to, I'll let you take this one dinner first.
1: I think what is really central about it is the fact that it's all, not only is it a very specific niche interest that we all share, it's all a very open-ended interest. So it just breeds a ton of discussion. Like at any given point you could get two of us in a room and be like, Let's talk about this Nally Alligaster. And then we can all give our opinions on it. Because like, all of it's rooted in speculation. So I think that's what's really, really fun of it. And the hard science that comes with it kind of forms a good ground for us to make our own ideas and our own stories about where these things came from. And I think sharing that and sort of like getting to see other people's perspective is really what does it for me.
2: That's, that's going to sound like a cop-out answer. But that's pretty same. With me as well. yeah yeah same yeah that was perfect perfect answer ditto <laughs>
0: thank, you. thank
2: you yeah
0: <laughs> so if we get into mothman learns the abcs a little bit uh you came together to create this book and you made a very specific choice one was obviously that it's mothman mm-hmm. but two you create are you Danner creates his wonderful illustrations that include other monsters. So we've got the Grafton monster and Flatwoods monster and the Veggie Man. Um, and yeah, in the back, I love that you have a little, the little synopsis of each monster. So I wanted to ask, like, why, one, why Mothman? Why is he the one that learns the ABCs and not Flatwoods monster? And two, why did you choose those specific cryptids to showcase in this book?
1: Do you want to take this one or do you want me to? Um, well, you take this one. I know. Okay. You take well, this Well, I one. know that yeah, yeah. the West Virginia folklore means a lot too. And so we wanted to keep it with the West Virginia scope. Right. We didn't want it to feel too, like all over the place. Um, it needed to kind of feel like, because to us, the Mothman is sort of like such a local legend. He's rooted in where he was seen. that it made sense that like all of his friends were like, the idea that they were his childhood friends and he's enjoying these things that a lot of us as children enjoy with our friends. And so it kind of brought that sense of closeness together with our like the characters. And I think we honestly just went with Matame because he's such a good well A, like everyone loves him.
2: Yeah, let's, you let's, you be, to meet let's be honest. He's huge, right? I mean, he's so like, huge. Everyone yeah. loves Mothman. <laughs> Every you can't, him. You like can't a, find
1: anyone who's like, oh, roll the eyes, or like, oh, he's a, Mothman or uh, whatever. You know, everyone celeb- everyone he, loves him.
2: He's like a celebrity. A, it's weird, you know? He's so, a likable
1: guy. And because yeah. he's such an enigma, he's such a good mold for so many different forms of storytelling. Because when you think of... I don't know. There are a lot of cryptids that are rooted in like such, let's take Bigfoot, for example. It's such a specific, like Bigfoot is Bigfoot. We know this much about him. Obviously, it's a big ape critter, but with Mothman, it's like no one knows. He's just a black amorphous shape. He could be this cute little thing that's going on an adventure. He could be something that is this terrifying monster that makes for a great documentary. He's just, he's so flexible. And I really love that as source material, you can really just do anything with him. It lets you kind of put your own creativity into it.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is, wow, well, we, we can make him into a children's book. Which, exactly. Which is wild, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. not that you couldn't do that with other cryptids, but no. it's just, I, I mean, hell, that... man, you made, you made, you made Veggie Man into a children's book character, which is, was the hardest, one of the hardest parts about that book, you know? Oh, it was.
1: I, I have to admit, when doing the, I'll have to break out the archive for like some of those <laughs> old sketches. I don't think I've ever released those to the public but making the veggie man
2: cute was a, that was yeah. a feat for sure. He's, su- he's such a sketch, sketchy cryptid, you know what I mean? So that like, yeah. Horrifying, horrifying stuff, but man, you made it work. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: why did you go the route of a children's book for this? Like what was the reasoning behind a children's book?
2: I've, I've had this idea in my head for forever. I've, uh, I've always worked with kids. That's kind of what my job has been ever since I got out of high school is you know I've I've helped kids and teenagers and so um I just had I mean yeah working with kids and just always reading kids books and just going you know what if you know what if I did this you know it'd be cool you know and uh just making something something that I love and you know two things I love working with kids and you know cryptids putting them together so I think yeah that's what I just think it, it and it works well too especially with Danner's drawings I think just you know I'm not so sure that it would uh would have happened without Danner. you know I had like this word vomit uh you know texting him just telling him I want, want to do this are you down to do it and uh but yeah I think that yeah, I just I've always worked with kids and always had appreciation for uh, children's books so yeah
1: and I think that falls in line with what I want to do as well where I just like turning these terrifying critters into like campfire tales for kids and things like that i think it was the perfect blend i'm really glad that you and i kind of managed to come together on this one
0: is there going to be a follow-up to this
2: uh
0: ooh, you want ooh, to take yeah. it away
2: i'll take it away yeah there is yeah yeah there is Yay. there's going to be a follow-up yeah we've been uh i've been thinking of ideas you know um we um what as as the last book uh the abcs we took our time with it we didn't really we didn't put we did just no deadlines on it there was no like we made sure that we were happy with what we made. I, I don't want to look back at a book and go, I wish I would have done that differently. You know what I mean? So we take our time with it. So we're just starting to like get the gears rolling for Mothman learns the colors is what we're working on next. So, yeah. yeah. So,
0: Yay. yeah.
2: So yes, there is, there's going to be a follow-up and I hope, I hope a million more, you know? So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to get it for sure. This is, there's a whole avenue to go with these for mm-hmm. children's books in general. Yep. Uh, that's exciting. Um, <laughs> so what's your inspiration behind your work in the cryptid or paranormal communities? And not, I don't mean just with the book, but in general, what you're doing with art and podcasting, like what started you in this realm?
2: First, my mom, she's, my mom is into like Bigfoot and like UFOs. So starting off young, that's what she was into. And she's still an avid Bigfoot lover, you know, and stuff like that. So, but um, also seeing... The, the mothman prophecies the movie was a big was a big thing you know um um so that's a big one and that was an inspiration you know back then and just getting all of that weird stuff i got into weirder and weirder stuff after i saw the mothman prophecies you know john keel and all that stuff um yeah, rabbit hole yeah don't yep, no, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and that, and now the, the inspiration behind a lot of this is, is is the cryptids i think they're cool and but like you were talking about earlier the, the uh, community behind it all it's just uh yeah getting getting people together and doing things with them and being able to see them at events and doing interviews like this and I think that's that's maybe the most important part of, of the whole thing now is just being able to talk with people like you guys and I don't know I just that's that's a big inspiration for what I do at least so yeah, yeah.
0: Deanna
1: I'm gonna try to make this not as like cop-outy as I can but I had, I had that
2: you had you have a cop-out <laughs> I, I had one earlier you have one now so
1: no, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you with a lot of these aspects where it's the community works in such a great way as like to keep balls rolling, where once you get into it and once you start doing things, they be kind of like we all become each other's like personal cheerleaders, so to speak. And so it's really, really inspiring seeing this sense of community come together and really push for the benefit of others and not just it's not it doesn't feel like a rat race to make yourself the top of the pile. That sense of community is actually kind of what inspired the Camp Contra Dust line of stuff that I do, where it just kind of felt like we're all sort of guiding together as this group, trying to educate people and introduce them to this very welcoming community that literally anyone is encouraged to join. And so obviously growing up, getting my hands dirty and hunting for these things myself, surprise surprise i was on the scouts too just doing that and then kind of finding this sense of community again really kind of i, I have to say that's my number one inspiration is the community as sappy as that sounds and i know it's, it's exactly just, what true, mike man. just said but yeah. it's, it's, it's just like, it's such a good community true. i've never
2: experienced this before it's kind of like when you find like uh it's like a you know you, you find yourself uh being you, you know you're, you're a weirdo and then you find your other weirdos and then you all get together and it's it feels good. You know, what yeah, I mean? you hear a know. weird click. You do, man. It's cool. Yeah. So that's that's a yeah. I love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> Can you explain that Camp Conjured us that you mentioned? What that is?
2: Yeah. So
1: a subset of my work um is kind of more based around like the outdoor aspect of a lot of these cryptids. I know I it was sort of I was mulling over some things last summer. And like trying to think of ways to make my work a little more original because at the end of the day, there are a ton of cryptid artists out there, and we're they're all absolutely great, and they all have their own thing. But I, for the longest time, I kind of felt that like stylistically, my work isn't as complex as some of the others. Like I can make them as cute and simple as I can, but like I really felt like I needed more of a niche than that, but beyond just like visual style, and so I started working on more like I put out a series of buttons back in the day that were all like protect the earth. There's no planet B sort of stuff, but they were all cryptid themed. And then I started Camp Contra Dust as an initiative to kind of blend the outdoor realm that I am quite immersed in, You know, working at REI and things like that. I'm constantly outfitting people for outdoor adventures. And then my love for cryptozoology I just found that there was such a bridge between the two. And so I kind of tapped into that. And a lot of products have sort of been based on that, getting people outside while also enjoying this folklore.
0: I like that a lot. I hadn't, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that. I mean, I'd heard the phrase, but I wasn't aware of all the intricacies of it. So that's awesome. I like the blending of the different communities and different aspects.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's good because a lot of people in the community, I think forget especially now when we're still going through social distancing and COVID and stuff like that. Like I know it's starting to taper out, but it is kind of nice to be reminded that like the outdoors are still there. There's always something to do. There's always something new to discover. And so when I'm at these shows, like I've got the little uh, Cryptid Scouts of America pins I like to give to all the kids that come around. I just, I hope that it inspires them to get out and seek adventure.
0: One thing that I also or another thing I wanted to bring up was that cryptid bash, the moth boys put on cryptid bash this last year. And it was oh amazing. The, the reception <laughs> was it. great. Yeah. 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 You do first of all, you're doing another year, right? You're just asleep. yeah, next year. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, next year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The idea of festivals, like what inspired you to have a festival to begin with?
2: Well, going back to the whole community thing, just having a, a, a thing for we had lost um mothman festival and i know a lot of our our friends our artist friends were hurting and uh it was hard you know it was a hard time so we wanted to get everybody together you know it was it was kind of an invite invite only type thing so like it was all the people that we you know there are a lot of artists out there and i would love to be able to help them all but we 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 got our, all of our buddies and we all just you know packed and <laughs> packed into this room you know what i mean and you know we just had a, had a blast and uh yeah, I just helping, helping other creators out is kind of, you know, just, you know, doing something cool. I mean, um, yeah, just help, just helping people out. I mean, that's the answer, just the community and just like helping our friends and trying to see them do good when, especially when, if they're hurting. Well, you've also got the background in putting together shows like that. I did, so. Yeah, that's true. I, I used to book shows up in, uh, up in Pittsburgh, you know, like a lot of metal shows and like, I've been doing that for a lot of years. And, uh,
1: yeah. So don't okay. tell yourself
2: short. This is, this is like I, what you're I, good at. I, yeah. I've been doing it for a while. You know, I know how to, I've been, doing. Uh, yeah, but I've never done a cryptid event before. That was my first cryptid um, themed event. And that was the, that was the biggest event I've ever, we've ever had, you know? So it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Awesome. It, it felt really good to, um, you know, cause you get the, you get the jitters like the morning, the morning of you're like, is it going to show up? What's going to happen? My friends are traveling. I'm going to let them down. I, they're not going to make any money, you know, uh, <laughs> I was running around today, just yelling at people going, you making money? And they're going, yeah, we're doing okay. And I'm like, okay, good. So if not, I would have pulled out my wallet myself and just gave them, you know what I mean? Just like bought stuff, but like, yeah, it, it was great, you know? So it was better than great, you know? Yeah. Exceeded our expectations. So. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. yeah and it's true. And some, so, yeah. And I think, I think that shows, uh, that shows a lot for the artists too. I mean, you know, we can, we can put on the event and we can get all these people in a room. And, you know, there was work behind that, but, you know, the artists sharing the event and that's just, that's just a testament to the artists, I think, too. And, you know, how good they are. So,
0: yeah. And one thing that was really important, I think, was how much you guys utilize social media mm-hmm. in generating mm-hmm. the buzz. It was mm-hmm. for months leading up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't we, think anybody didn't know about Cryptid Bash. No.
2: Yeah. We wanted to, you know, like, like I said, we wanted to help our, our people, so mm-hmm. we were shoving it, shoving it down people's throats, you know. If if it, if it annoyed you, it annoyed you. We don't care, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, scroll past it. Do what you need to. Do. We got you know we got sponsored. We got sponsored by the paper. We got sponsored by a brewery. and we reached out to people, and if they wanted to be, be a part of it, you know, it was just it was a real it was real real positive. And social media does help, and we use that as a tool. You know, it's it's a free tool for the most part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So why not just why not just annoy people with it? You know and I think I think that's why we got the the turn turnout we did you know what I mean we just
0: kept poking
2: kept poking <laughs> kept bothering people and uh yeah it was it was a great day it just there's there no complaint the only complaint I have about the festival is probably more space for next year I think that we had a lot of vendors and we kind of undershot how how much room we had in there you know there's with, with people outside and stuff so I think next year uh, either a bigger space or you know we don't want to do that less vendors but so I don't know, but I think it's definitely going or of like because there was there was there was some room that wasn't um because there was extra there the, the venue that we were working at has there was some space that wasn't they had their moving stuff and like so a lot of there was more space. We just have to utilize it next year, I think, at Morgantown Art Party. So but yeah, I yeah, think, I
1: think we just caught them at a yeah, we like did. A, I think they were like in the middle of renovating Mo- so. moving
2: stuff. So yeah, it's definitely planned for there next year and 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 uh we're probably gonna keep it the same amount of vendors again mm-hmm. like you know 25
1: to 30 yeah what was the final count on the vendors i don't remember how many, um by the end of the by the because i know day, we did like the individual promotions for every y- single one yeah
2: yeah that, that was yeah we did do that didn't we yeah
1: and we so i guess in in addition to promoting the event it was also a really good job to give back to the community again and make right. sure everyone uh, gets a little bit of a spotlight
2: right so like that was really cool maybe 30 uh that
1: sounds about right i'm trying to remember how many of those little spotlight things i put together
2: (laughs) yeah 28 to 30 you know so we but we did separate ones like we did a moth boys one we did a Dust one we did moth bandler and cavcs even though that was all at our own table and stuff like that so but yeah it was probably 28 to 30 vendors there so
0: so if i were to say you have to switch roles right now that mikey you're the illustrator and danner you're the author one what what would that look like what would the book be and uh would we want it I mean like what would it look like Mikey can you draw uh, no not at all <laughs> I, don't, I don't think <laughs> you want any parts of this it,
2: it, would, it would be a <laughs> it would be a blank page with, with Danner's words just on, on <laughs> below yeah it'd be no I can't even draw it I mean because I I had to describe to you what I wanted in a picture kind of didn't I didn't I kind of send you like a like I want Mothman to do this uh, and then yeah you, would, you
1: were it was very like you kind of you were very specific with like the wording for everything you're like right. I want this and like you kind of put everything into words right and you just kind of gave me like a little paragraph about what you think each page should maybe be and then mm-hmm. once we workshopped it a bit then the pictures would kind of come with that and then I would, right. like at every step of the way I was like still sending you drafts and things like that
2: yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think I have so, I have an artist's <laughs> mind, I guess. Yeah. But I just don't have the artist's hand. You know what I mean? I Got just know so the connection
1: like was definitely there. You you yeah. definitely still had like a really good idea for or like you had a really right. good eye for like I guess like setting the scene. That's not the word I'm looking for. Composition. I yeah, that's a good way to say it.
2: I couldn't It wouldn't happen. An illustrator, I could I, I can draw barely draw a stick figure. I know, yeah. So that's my answer. I it wouldn't happen.
1: You get the short end of the stick. I uh, All I have to do is come up with the letters of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true. I don't know if that... I
1: find. No, not yeah. really. If, if I were in charge of actually putting it together, I, I think it would have been a little all over the place. I think Mike's direction was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Would you have chosen a different cryptid?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. I don't know if I would have. The only thing I could imagine changing... So like maybe I would have chosen like an Ohio cryptid, mm. but
2: because you because you have that have gone with Mothman, you have that Ohio connection. That's why you know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Like yeah. maybe
1: I would have done like the Loveland frog or something. But I think Matt wanting it, or sorry, Mike wanting it to be completely Appalachian or completely West Virginian. I think that kind of like narrowed it down a little bit. I feel mine would have been probably a little more broad, but I think. Like having the vision for West Virginia is what really gave it such a cute niche. Mm-hmm.
2: Plus you're, you're a, in, yeah. you're in West Virginia, like all the time. So, I mean, it's like your second, second place, Tanner. You oh, know? I love it. I'm down there as often as I can. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand that feeling.
2: So it would, so I guess the answer is it wouldn't be the same book. It would probably really suck is what, yeah, it, would, yeah. it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> K- kids would hate it. No one it would, would enjoy it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's good.
0: So what I like to do at the end is ask for stories, but I'm going to set you up with a scene first. So I'm not just going to say, tell me a story and just leave you hanging. Okay. Um, Danner, I have heard that you are a fan of exploring abandoned locations. I am. I am. Awesome. So imagine that we are meeting up at one of the spookiest haunted locations in the area. I mean, I'm in Ohio too, so... It could be Ohio. It could be West Virginia. I'll travel um, okay. that has amazing ghost stories. Where are we meeting up? And what is the most prominent spooky tale that you can associate with this location?
1: I mean, if we're talking like, let's, if we're saying strictly Ohio, I don't think we could go without mentioning the Mansfield Reformatory. I feel that is an absolute must because I know very few people who haven't had an encounter there. If they've done any sort of like overnight um whether it's from like the sounds of like a rock being thrown or something rattling against one of the cell doors and for anyone who doesn't know uh ohio actually it's where Shawshank Redemption was filmed there's an old reformatory in Mansfield north of Columbus and it's just like a hotbed for paranormal activity go on around there but uh they do overnights there. It's it's expensive. I don't remember how much it is. I think it's maybe like it's like six hundred dollars for like a group of people to stay there for like a weekend. But uh, you're almost guaranteed to find something spooky because it's I don't know how to explain it, but there's there's something going on there for sure.
0: Yeah. Have you had anything happen there?
1: I mean, I just heard sounds the entire time I was in there. Like it just. It just felt like there were people in there. I don't know how to describe it beyond. Like, you know, when you walk into a room and you're like, it kind of feels like a liminal space where like, there should be people there. But the reason it feels eerie is because they're not. It's just the energy's gone. It's the opposite of that. Where you walk into a completely abandoned place and you're expecting it to be completely desolate. But for some reason, there's an energy there that just, it still feels like it's alive. It still feels like there's stuff going on. It's like an empty, it's a It's a room full of people without the people. It's really, really strange.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there any stories from Mansfield that have stuck with you that you've heard about? Whether it's the ghosts that are there, experience somebody's had other than yours um, or anything from the history?
1: Um, I think some of the spookiest I've ever heard kind of fall in line with like the disembodied voices of people in like the, there's like an area of it where they kind of had all of the uh, solitary confinement. And I've heard a lot of stories of like some like really, sorry, really <laughs> creepy disembodied voices coming from that part of the like that wing of yeah. the reformatory. And I think yeah. that's really the spookiest because I can imagine like just what agony those people went through mm-hmm. solitary confinement. I, I couldn't do it personally. Right. I just know. I just feel like that's a, that's a way to break a person. And so if spirits are truly or ghosts or spirits, like that truly have unfinished business or like tethered to this world against their will, I imagine uh, that, that fits the bill.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's my favorite place. Uh, haunted place in Ohio too. Is Mansfield. <laughs> It's beautiful. I just, I love the building period.
1: Um, uh, Oh, it's gorgeous. And it's always so much bigger than you think it is. Like you see it from the outside. You're like, Oh, it's it's huge. But like when you get into the like inner grounds, you're like, Oh, this is like a city.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's very impressive for sure. (laughs) Um, All right, Michael, it's your turn. I'm going to set you up here. We're back at cryptid bash in Morgantown. Mm. I come up to you and I'm like, listen, I got an extra day here. I, I'm staying. I wanna. I wanna go see a place that has either a cryptid story associated with it or a ghost story associated with it. That's in within reasonable distance of Morgantown. Where would you suggest I go, and what is the story tied to that location?
2: All right, I have a few. I have like a little a little road trip you could take. Do it. So so it starts in Morgantown, and then you hit up Grafton, West Virginia. You can okay. go to R- Riverside Drive where the. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not much uh, there to see. I mean, there's a little coffee shop that sells like t-shirts and, but you can go to the, you can go to the spot where the, the guy saw the creature, Riverside Drive. I don't know what it's called now. It's something else, but um, yeah, you can go on that, that I like to go there and just like walk around. There's nothing there, but I'm just like, I like, to, like just like it's being there, you know? So yeah. yeah, I would say hit that up first and then, you know, just walk around. And, uh, well, because it's
1: very close to Morgantown.
2: Yes, that's that's it. that's about half hour from Morgantown maybe. And then so you go to keep going down and then you hit a place called Lost Creek, West Virginia. And that's where a, a man named Gray Barker, he um who was um he was a big UFO dude, but he was also kind of a, a prankster, kind of a silly silly guy. And I guess he did a uh, a hoax there with a a UFO on a string, you know, oh. and, hanging hey yeah lost creek west virginia is where that happened i'm not sure the exact spot it was on some farm but um he uh he liked us he made this video and he tricked people with it and like it, people believed it and they're they're like oh it's the lost creek you know ufo footage so for a long time that was you know and then eventually photos came out of him hanging the him and his friend hanging it from a string and and then uh yeah but i i like gray barker i think he i uh because he he worked on a lot of the big cases he worked on flatwood's case he worked on mothman he worked on um grafted monster veggie mm-hmm. man so he did a lot of cool stuff but he was also he was a prankster and he liked money and um he liked the attention but mm-hmm. i mean so he did that he faked the whole he faked his whole ufo sighting in lost creek uh west virginia so you would go from west west so you go from grafton down to lost creek and then the last spot would be the, the flatwoods monster museum uh and that's it's probably all um uh, Hour and a half from Morgantown, under two hours, I would say. So, yeah, you could just go to Flatwoods and find all the chairs and do all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. What
0: happened? What happened there? Why is that an important uh in,
2: place in Flatwoods?
0: Yeah. What's up with that place?
2: This gal here, <laughs> she was seen uh in the woods. She crash landed yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's a whole museum. There's a whole museum that you have one too. Ready? Let's ha- let's have them kiss. Ready? Mwah. look at that
1: <laughs> i'll give you guys a room yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, i mean we'll
2: get, yeah you guys
1: should have some privacy
2: there's a whole uh there's a whole museum down there for braxy here um our, mm-hmm. our pal, uh andrew runs um and it's like yeah. the uh, yeah it's the whole it's it's also like um a visitor center for braxton county west virginia um so that's how I would end the trip. And then, you know, go to a restaurant called The Spot, which is supposedly in where it all happened in Flatwoods, West Virginia, and uh, get a greasy burger and some fries and a milkshake and go eat and then go head back with the Morgan time. That's how I would end the trip. So awesome. with, with your extra day, so you probably have extra time, actually. And then yeah. what else would you do with it? come up back to come back to morning time sleep i think that's yeah. that's how i would end the trip that sounds yeah. like a plan yeah so that's what i would tell you to do so three pretty cool spots that i like to that i like to see whenever i'm down in the area
1: you can maybe add fairmont to it if you just wanted to knock off another cryptid spot yeah not too far out of yeah
2: way. yeah there's not any really uh i mean but yeah there's there's nothing for that like nothing veggie man related there there's not but i know that our my friend les o'dell who was your first guest right he knows he knows the family farm where the family farm is of the hunter so
1: they need to put something together
2: i know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be uh hunting les down for that information so i want to go look at the farm i guess
1: get in with him on that because i would love to to to. do some like promo look for that too
2: right so he knows where the he knows where the family lived where you know the guy that saw it so yeah you could do that too go to fairmont why not throw that in there you know yeah yeah. That's, so awesome. that's, that's, a good, that's a good day in West Virginia, I think.
0: That's perfect. Um, well, thanks for coming on. I want to know where we can find both of you.
2: You can find me, um, Mothboys Podcast, on Instagram and Facebook. And you can hear us on Apple, Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Awesome. Dana?
1: And then I'm on Instagram, ContraDust underscore designs, and my Etsy is just ContraDust Designs. Uh, that's C-O-N-J-U-R-E-D-U-S-T. And um, I update it pretty pretty regularly, as regularly as I can. I've got a couple little irons in the fire with a couple projects. Uh, and so things have been slowing down a bit, but I've got a lot of cool stuff that I'm really excited for you guys to see soon.
0: Um. Awesome. Well, be sure to follow Small Town Monsters on YouTube, like subscribe, become a channel member, and you get access to all kinds of cool stuff, ad free and before other people and in 4k, because that's fun. Um, Yeah. And if you want to hear me talk to someone else that you think I may not have on the list, because I've got a list, by the way, uh, send me an email, heather at smalltownmonsters.com or comment below. So thank you. And, uh, until next time.